Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 1990s born actors in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovational Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? Today's episode, uh, we have moved into the 1990s for this month's top 10 actors list. And that's really interesting because uh, most of the top 10 lists, all of those people are in the top 100, 150, 200 at the worst, uh, simply by virtue of having a longer career and being able to be in a lot of movies and um the ones that are in a lot of good ones are the ones that rise to the top. Being so young as to have been born in the 1990s, which I was as well, and makes this list all the more frustrating for that reason. Uh, you know, the, the the amount of people who are, or the amount of people who are able to be in 20, 25 films is is very very tiny in in this decade. So. A lot of these people are people who have only have been in less than 10 movies that I've seen. Uh, some less than 10 movies total. Uh, I think the, the greatest number of films anyone on this top 10 list has been in is 23. And that is nearly all of them as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. To, to look at things from a, this different different perspective because uh, we go way outside the top 200 for most of the top 10 people on this list and it also makes me excited to go for next month which is the final uh, episode of this list uh, that being top 10 actors born in the 2000s so anyone born after 2000 uh, which is going to be I'm sure an even wider array of, uh, of people so Without any further ado, let's uh, get in to this month's top 10 actors. Number 10. Number 10. Uh, born March 4th, 1995. Uh, with seven film credits that I've seen, uh, this British actor has an average film rating of 66 even. He has no Oscar nominations. He has a value of 4, a score of 55.33, and is ranked 799th overall. That is that is the launching off point. Uh, and his name is Bill Milner. If you're not familiar with Bill Milner, uh, you may know him as uh, the main character from Dunkirk. Or no, he's not. Fionn Whitehead is the main character. He was in Dunkirk, though. And now I don't see his name on here. Oh boy, he's way toward the bottom. Uh, okay, scratch that. He's in Dunkirk. Uh, he looks like Fionn Whitehead, though. Uh, he's also in X-Men First Class uh, as the character of young Eric. 
He plays young Eric in first class. He is one of the voices that talks to Tom Hardy in the movie Locke. Uh, he was in the recent Netflix film Apostle, starring Dan Stevens. Uh, he plays Jeremy, who is one of the higher-billed characters in the film. Uh, and then beyond that, he's in a few films I've seen. Uh, Broken from 2012, My Boy Jack from 07, and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll from 2010. Uh, none of which are, are super, super exciting. He, the reason he makes this list is because none of these movies are um, inherently awful. I, I think Broken and My Boy Jack are slightly bad, but not terribly so. Uh, then you've got X-Men First Class, which is one of my favorite X-Men movies. Uh, one I really liked. And then Locke and Dunkirk, I think, are fantastic, fantastic films. And, I mean, th those are those are buoying his, his rating quite a bit, quite a bit. I can't really speak uh, too much to his talent as an actor. As I've said, you know, his biggest role is probably an apostle. And even in that, it's a Dan Stevens show. And Bill Milner is just kind of a supporting character at best. So that being said, you know, he is, um, he has other films, you know, he has 21 credits on Letterboxd, I've only seen seven. Some of the other films he's been in that I haven't seen are Anthropoid from 2016, 2007's Son of Rambo, uh, 2017's Eye Boy, 2017's The Lodger, Lodgers, uh, Skellig, Stomping Grounds, Is Anybody There, Mixtape, and so on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a couple of these. Anthropoid and Eyeboy and Son of Rambo I'm all familiar with. I think I've even heard The Lodgers before. Uh, but there's 10 credits on here that I've never seen before. Uh, so, I don't know. You know, he, he, he clearly, I will say, you know, he knows how to avoid, as far as I've seen so far... Uh, really bad projects. Um, if you look at the highest rated films uh, on his list, uh, there are a couple worse than uh, My Boy Jack's average rating. Um, but, I don't know. All, all in all, I think he's done a good job so far. And I think what's going to take it, what, you know, obviously for someone in for a young person in, in the acting field, if to be in such good films already is, I think, commendable and should be uh, credit where credit is due. Hopefully, uh, he can find um, greater purchase in, in a future film. You know, Letterboxd doesn't currently have any uh, upcoming projects that he's attached to. Maybe... IMDB will, but again, like an, someone like a Bill Milner who isn't, you know, the leading actor in a movie is not going to get a lot of credits attached uh, looking forward for the very reason that, you know, no one no one knows who he is, so why, why would they be interested in, in what his future projects are? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. He's only number 10 in this list right now. Uh, he is 
uh, you know, that puts him on precarious ground. And uh, it seems like all the films I've seen, or all the films left of his, are are at least a lower tier than Dunkirk, Locke, X-Men First Class. So good odds that he's not on this list the next time I do it. But that being said, you know, it's still... Um, still means something and uh i wish him good luck in his future future endeavors and i will be keeping my eyes peeled for a mr bill milner number 10 born in the 1990s number 799 overall moving on to number nine uh (laughs) born november 17th 1998 i'll have to track i think that's the youngest person on this list uh, she has five film credits that I've seen. Uh, born in Massachusetts, she has an average film rating of 71.2. She has no Oscar nominations. She has a value of 4.5, a score of 55.36, and is ranked 797th overall. So just two spots ahead of Bill Milner. And uh, she is Kara Hayward. Kara Hayward. Again, if you don't know who this is, uh, you may remember her as uh, the main girl in Moonrise Kingdom. She also had parts in Manchester by the Sea and Patterson and Isle of Dogs. And those are her big uh, claims to fame. In Manchester by the Sea, she played the role of Sylvie. And in Patterson, she played the role of female student so you know not quite as prestigious in isle of dogs she was um peppermint the dog peppermint uh so those four films right there are all good varying degrees of good and i love manchester by the sea i love patterson i love moonrise kingdom i think they're all brilliant films Uh, Isle of Dogs is good. It doesn't quite reach the heights of most of Wes Anderson's other works for me, but I I do like it. Uh, And if it was just those four films, Kara Hayward would probably be in the top five of this list, to be honest. Uh, But it's not, um, because she's been in a fifth film that I've seen, and that's The Sisterhood of Night. She is one of the... She is the main character i believe in the sisterhood of night first credited on letterboxd it's a pretty bad movie uh it it, it kind of re reapproaches the the salem witch trials um from the birth from these this group of girls who just basically lie about what's happening to them and what's going on around them and uh, I mean that's fine, but it, it, it's really just not not a good movie, and it really drags her score down because I gave Sisterhood of Night a fifteen. Uh, so I'm kind of uh, 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 surprised she's not getting more roles and more more attention than she has. Uh, she only has ten credits on Letterboxd, uh, the five that I've seen. Plus, and this is a big one because this is definitely a movie I'm going to see soon and one that uh, I hope, and fingers crossed, uh, will be good, will improve her score, and that's Jordan Peele's Us. She plays, I don't, I don't know, she's credited in it as a character named Nancy. Uh, 
Obviously, she is not one of the main characters, but um, I have high hopes for the film, and I hope, I also hope that she gets you know something, just one thing in that movie. Beyond that, uh, there are a couple of. There's another 2019 film called To the Stars, which she is a lead in, uh, directed by Martha Stevens, and this one is uh, getting pretty good reviews, so I'm excited for that. Then some older films, uh, Do You Like to Read, which is a short film <clears throat> directed by Wes Anderson, Fangirl from 2015, and finally Quitters from 2015, uh, which I haven't heard of those. So two big films uh, for Kara Hayward this year, and that that could be pretty big for her as far as the statistics go, and uh, I just I'm I knew about us. I was not aware of To the Stars, and now I am, and it's going on my watch list. So I really love Kara Hayward. Uh, as opposed to Bill Milner, you really do get a sense of her abilities in Moonrise Kingdom. I think she's fantastic in that film, and I have nothing but high hopes. Nothing but high hopes. So that's Kara Hayward, number nine, born in the 1990s, number 797 overall. Moving on to number eight. Big jump up here from number eight. Uh, this is an Irish actor, born October 17th, 1992. Uh, I have only seen five films uh, of, of their filmography. They have an average film rating of 72.6, uh, no Oscar nominations, a value of 5, and a score of 56.86. Uh, and that, with an overall ranking of 678th, this is Barry Keegan. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Barry Keegan, I am a big fan, not only... Uh, do I, I really appreciate and, and enjoy his performances, but uh, he actually, um, you know, like he was, I nominated him for a Circle of Film Award for supporting performance in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, he had, at, at various points throughout the year, he was on the list uh, in supporting again for his performance in American Animals. He was part of uh, the crew on Dunkirk. He was in Dunkirk. Uh, those three films are are great, uh, absolutely great, and some of my favorites of the last few years. Uh, on top of that, though, he has a couple of mediocre films in Mammal from 2016, also starring Rachel Griffiths and Michael Meckelhatton, as well as Trespass Against Us. Uh, which is Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson, among others. And both those movies, I think, are fine. Uh, they're not bad, but it, it's really the other three that I, I would easily point to uh, to check out Barry Keegan. You know, he is part of the Mark Rylance crew in Dunkirk. Uh, he is the villain in The Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, which is wonderful. He is so so charismatic and and he's got this kind of um malleable face and he has this sort of hangdog look sometimes and i think it, it gives off this vibe of of youth 
of um, cluelessness, of, of inexperience, and yet in Killing of a Sacred Deer, he is just finely tuned. And, and I think he even takes advantage of that appearance to kind of subvert your expectations a lot with the way it comes across. Then you look at him in American Animals, and he's playing this sort of tragic protagonist who is kind of pressed against his will into this situation that he's excited for and then uh, apprehensive about. I think, you know, he does great work in both of these films. Some of the films of his haven't seen. He has 22 credits on Letterboxd. Uh, 71 which I've heard a lot about. It's from 2014. It stars Jack O'Connell, uh, about a young British soldier in Belfast, which has very high reviews. It's on my watch list. I, I just haven't seen it. Uh, 2018, so last year's Black 47, starring Hugo Weaving, uh, is an Irish movie. Yes. Uh, which I don't really know much about. And then a bunch of other smaller films, a couple of which I've heard of, but none of which I'm really familiar with. Stand By, Life's a Breeze, Stay, Traitors, Norfolk. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just seems like there's a lot of junk at the bottom of his filmography. And I don't mean junk as in it's necessarily bad, just random stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure uh, what his uh, upcoming films are. None of them are on Letterboxd. I will check the IMDb and see if it's going to enlighten me at all. Uh, the only film coming out in the future for him is Calm with Horses. Mm, but I don't really recognize much or anything about this. So, yeah, that's Barry Keegan. My number eight, born in the 1990s, number 678 overall. Number seven uh, is one that, well, okay, so this is, uh, she's Irish, uh, she was born August 16th, 1991. One of the few people on this top 10 list that is older than me. She has six film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 70, even, no Oscar nominations, a value of 5, and a score of 57.50. She is ranked 629th overall. And that is Miss Ivana Lynch. If you're not sure who Ivana Lynch is, uh, she plays... She is in the Harry Potter franchise series, uh, I believe four Harry Potter films uh, in total, um, and she plays Luna Lovegood. Um, the the films that she's in are films five, six, seven, and eight, and I really love her as Luna Lovegood. Uh, you know, I would encourage anyone who who enjoys Harry Potter who enjoys the series to if they aren't aware of this already to look into the methods in which she she obtained the role I think it was very I think she um she like petitioned you know she never acted before as most of these characters hadn't as of, of the kids anyway uh, but 
if I'm remembering correctly, she like petitioned J.K. Rowling and, and said she, Luna Lovegood was her favorite character, and she just she's so perfect as Luna. Uh, but those are four of her six credits that I've seen. The other two are Harry Potter documentaries uh, that she appears in, uh, which slightly drag her score down, as both of them are just fine. But and and again, like this is a thing, as I've I've talked about this many times about someone who's in a lot of Harry Potter movies or Marvel movies or or just some franchise that is good gets this higher score because of these multiple film appearances. Or conversely, if your franchise is bad, like say a Twilight or many horror franchises, and you're in a lot of them, it drags your score down. And Ivana Lynch benefits from her appearances in four Harry Potter movies. However, she does have other credits on here. Um, a couple. 2013's uh, GBF, Gay Best Friend, uh, which looks real bad. Uh, she is in 2015's My Name is Emily, where she is the lead, uh, which i never heard of, but it's got decent ratings. Um, there's a film I would love to find so much uh, for many reasons. Uh, we talked. I talked about James and Oliver Phelps in the past, uh, and a film of their that they're in called Danny and the Human Zoo, which I have not been able to find. Uh, but uh, Ivana Lynch is in it as well, so uh, finding this would really help, uh, especially if it's bad, because helps mitigate the uh, Harry Potter effect. And the last one is Addiction, a 60s love story from 2015, uh, which looks very, very cheaply made. So, I don't know, it's kind of, um, it almost feels like because she looks and acts so well as Luna Lovegood and, and if, if you told me that's exactly who she was in real life, I would totally buy it. I think that kind of, if she had the, the um, intention to pursue a career in acting, I think that sort of hampered her ability to, to find a variety of roles outside of Luna, uh, which, I mean, I guess I would say is a shame, um, presuming that she has the range to play other roles, and I guess I'll find that out when I watch My Name is Emily or GBF. Uh, so, I don't know. She, she's one of... She's she's a very ethereal creature in, in Harry Potter. She, she does embody Luna Lovegood in this dainty but, but airy and... Um, bizarre way, and I think she does a perfect job at it. Perfect job as Luna. So, uh, yeah. That's number seven in the 1990s, and number 629 overall. Ivana Lynch. Number six. Number six. Born June 13th, 1996 in Australia. 12 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 62 even, no Oscar nominations, a value of 5, with a score of 58.14, ranked 
587th is Mr. Cody Smith McPhee. Cody Smith McPhee, one of the bigger filmographies of, of the people on this list. He has been in such films as Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the Let Me In, American remake of Let the Right One In, The Road with Viggo Mortensen, Slow West with Michael Fassbender, Paranorman, he is the voice in Paranorman, Deadpool 2, he has he shows up there. Most recently, uh, he was in Alpha from this past year. Uh, he was in Robin Wright's The Congress, and a film I real actually quite enjoy, uh, the A Birder's Guide to Everything from 2013, which I think is uh, a sweet movie, a small but sweet movie. Uh, outside of that, some not so great movies uh, like uh, X Men Apocalypse and Matching Jack. Cody Smith McPhee is. I don't know. He, he's an interesting one. Uh, definitely. I would say his his best role to date is Slow West, uh, a movie I quite enjoy. Uh, I know people who absolutely love this, and I get it. But uh, it's not it's not my favorite, but I, I do quite enjoy it. And I think Fassbender and and Cody Smith McPhee are wonderful in this movie. But he's not someone I'm ever like excited for. I I don't anticipate his appearance in a movie, exactly. Um, he kind of comes off as a younger Jay Baruchel at times, and I mean, I like I like Jay Baruchel. I like Cody Smith-McPhee. I, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't have um, any kind of an attachment to him or his performances. Uh, some of the films he's in that aren't I haven't seen and are... On this, on his letterboxed, uh, he's going to be reprising his X-Men role in Dark Phoenix this year. Uh, he was in Once Upon a Deadpool, which I don't know if I'm ever going to watch that. I guess I should at some point, but I don't know what to do about that. Uh, he was in 2013's Romeo and Juliet as Benvolio, uh, where Haley Steinfeld plays Juliet. I to check that out. Uh, All the Wilderness, Nightmares and Dreamscapes from the stories of Stephen King, and then a bunch of uh, junk here at the bottom. Maya the Bee Movie. Um, yeah, and a handful of other things. I don't know. He, he's, he's just, he plays Nightcrawler. I like. I mean, I liked him in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I I find, thought he was good in The Road, and um, he plays Norman in Paranorman, the main child. So, yeah. I mean, he's got range. He's he's a good actor. I just I don't know. I I feel like I need something more from him. And maybe maybe you know if I revisited Slow West, I would get that you know the second time around or something. But I don't know. Something something's missing, and I'm not really sure what what that is. So uh, Cody Smith McPhee, number six, born in the '90s, number five hundred and eighty-seven, 
overall. Moving on uh, to number five, the top five, born in the 90s. Uh, number five, born July 23rd, 1994 in Louisiana. He has seven film credits that I have seen, an average film rating of 69.29, no Oscar nominations, a value of 4.5, a, a score of 58.39, and is ranked 567th overall. And that is Mr. Kelvin Harrison Jr. Kelvin Harrison Jr. He has been in one of my favorite films of all time, 12 Years a Slave. Uh, he has also been in some recent um, awards and critical favorites. Um, it Comes at Night, Mudbound. This past year, he was in Monsters and Men, as well as Assassination Nation, two very, very different films. Uh, and then you also have Ender's Game and 2016, uh, The Birth of a Nation. So pretty good healthy filmography as far as I'm concerned uh, even his weakest film for me which is Ender's Game of that list uh, still has its moments not necessarily from Kelvin Harrison Jr. but in general the film uh, his roles in uh, It Comes at Night and Monsters and Men are probably his m most chewable ones the ones he, he was given the most to do and I think he does a good job with them I just, I want, I want him to get more. I, I think he's shown promise in these films, and I, I think he, he needs a little bit more of a, of a spotlight in something to come, come next. And I think he gets that. I think he's gonna get that in some of the uh, upcoming films that he's in, which are quite a few. Uh, looking at his his future filmography so some films of his coming out soon uh loose next year this year starring himself alongside Naomi watts tim roth and octavia spencer where he plays a star athlete and top student uh you have jeremiah terminator leroy with Kristen stewart uh, he seems uh, one of the lesser names on the list as he is the sixth person uh, but Jeremiah Terminator Leroy which I'm interested in The Wolf Hour 2019 film also starring Naomi Watts Jennifer Eel uh, and Emery Cohen um, but I don't really know anything about that there's a 2019 film called Gully which also stars Jacob Lattimore and Charlie Plummer uh, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. as three disaffected teenagers, the victims of extreme childhoods, um, which I'm, you know, I like Jacob Lattimore, and I'm interested in Charlie Plummer as well. So he's got a lot of work coming, and I think that's great. I think other people seem to be uh, recognizing his his skills, his quality of work, his, his strength uh, in front of the camera. Uh, besides those, there are some other films from 2018 or earlier that I haven't seen. Monster and Jin are both 2018 films. Uh, a Sort of Homecoming from 2015. Uh, but uh, that's it. A lot of his stuff is, is future stuff. And I think that's uh, a great thing. I'm, I'm very interested to see more of Kelvin Harrison Jr. 
because I think he has shown a lot of promise. So that's my number five, born in the 1990s, number 567 overall. Moving on to number four, and this is, I do believe, no, uh, I believe the second oldest person on this list. Nope, not even right there. Uh, third oldest, jeez. Third oldest person on the list. Um, born August 15th, 1990 in Kentucky. She has 23 films that I have seen. This is the most uh, watched person on the list. With an average rating of 59.3. She has four Oscar nominations and one win. A value of four, a score of 58.56 to be ranked 557th overall. Is the wonderful Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, someone I quite enjoy as an actor and who has been in a lot of movies uh, despite being just 29 or 28 years old as of right now. Uh, from her performance at, in the X-Men movies, which, you know, is probably a, might be more of a hindrance uh, with Apocalypse than a, than, a, than a boon. She has also been in a lot of the all the Hunger Games movies as... Um, the main character. Uh, she is yeah, Katniss Everdeen. She has also worked a lot with uh, David O. Russell on Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, as well as Joy. She uh, was in last 2017's most divisive movie, question mark, in Mother, exclamation point. Uh, which I loved and I thought was great, uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, uh, but uh, was not a not a hit with everyone. Uh, this past year, she was in Red Sparrow. Um, she was in Passengers with Chris Pratt. Uh, she really broke onto the scene back in 2010 with Winter's Bone. Um, and and then there's just there's more if you keep going back and keep going back. Um, I would even cite The Poker House. Not the best movie, but I think uh, a 2008 film that really shows uh, Jennifer Lawrence um, her potential as an 18, 17-year-old at the time. Yeah, she, she's got a lot of great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, someone I, I very in much enjoy watching. I've gone out of my way to watch most of her movies. And she is Oscar-nominated for Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, Winter's Bone, uh, American Hustle, and Joy winning an Oscar uh, for Silver Linings Playbook and has earned some you know, Academy Award records for her age and the number of awards she has been nominated for and won. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I'm excited to see her in Dark Phoenix, but I, I do think Mystique is such a, a role that she seems to not really care about and I think has only hurt the franchise, the X-Men franchise by giving her such a big spotlight uh, in that character. Uh, she is in uh, 2019's Love on Tosha, which is uh, a portrait and documentary on Anton Yelchin. I am, uh, that's going to be a tough watch, and yeah, tough one. 
otherwise, she has Devil You Know from 2013, uh, Garden Party from 2008, um, A Beautiful Planet, which is a documentary she narrates. Uh, she is attached to an untitled project with Amy Schumer. May or may not still be happening. And I'm sure if I go to IMDb, there will be other things she will be in in the future. She's attached to a movie called Bad Blood. Directed by Adam McKay. So Adam McKay's next movie stars Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, so that's fun. I I don't know. I, I think she gets a lot of flack uh, for... I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy Jennifer Lawrence. I like her performances. I think she's just a fun person. And, um, yeah. I'm, as opposed to, say, Cody Smith-McPhee, Jennifer Lawrence is someone I'm always interested in, in watching and, and seeing in a movie. You know, it's why I sought out movies like Serena, Dior and I, The Poker House, The Burning Plane, Like Crazy, uh, House at the End of the Street, and so on. So, I'm very much looking forward to uh, her future and um, film, and uh, hopefully she can continue to give us, you know, impressive performances like Silver Linings Playbook, like Mother, like Winter's Bone, and more. So that's my number four, born in the 1990s, number 557 overall, Jennifer. Lawrence. Uh, we move on to number three, the second oldest person on this list. He was born June 13th, 1990. He is a British man. I have seen 16 of his films with an average rating of 60.88. Uh, no Oscar nominations. Uh, he did win a Golden Globe, I believe. Uh, a value of four and a half, a score of 58.61 to be ranked 552nd overall. So just five spots ahead of Jennifer Lawrence. And that is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he um, slightly buoyed by his uh, roles in his role in Avengers Age of Ultron, as well as his brief appearance in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, I first, I think, really got into, uh, got became aware of him and when he was Kick-Ass, which I love Kick-Ass. Sequel, not so great, but the first one was good. Uh, he's also been in Nocturnal Animals for, I believe he won the Golden Globe for that. Uh, Anna Karenina, The Illusionist, 2014's Godzilla. He was most recently in uh, Outlaw King, which is on Netflix, and uh, I liked that. Uh, he was in... Albert Nobbs, uh, uh, 2012's Savages, 2003's Shanghai Nights, uh, 2017's The Wall, 2009 The Greatest, and uh, might be it there. Chat Room from 2010, another film I saw fairly early on uh, from him that I, 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 yeah, it's it's a rough movie, uh, but he. Um, He's been in the game a while. You know, I've seen 16 of his films. He's got 28 credits on Letterboxd, including The Thief Lord, uh, Angus, Thongs, and Perfect Snogging from 2008. 
2008's Dummy, uh, and a bunch of other things towards the bottom of his filmography, some junk there. But even in 2008, you know, he was already headlining films, he was already, you know, given that spotlight, and uh, what a... I mean, I think he's very talented. I think he's been in a lot of movies that I don't believe really showcase his skills. Godzilla, when he's in it, I, I thought was just fine. I, you know, he's not really stellar. Uh, Nocturnal Animals, the Golden Globe win was very strange to me. I thought he was, I don't know, just kind of like chewing the scenery in that movie a lot. I did like him in Kick-Ass, but... And more of you know, as a, such a genre movie, I think it suffers uh, as far as giving him a, a dimensional character and you know playing um, Quicksilver in uh, Avengers. Again, I, I thought he was just meh overall. I did like him in Outlaw King. I thought he was good in Outlaw King. I really liked him in Anna Karenina. And I appreciated him and Albert Nobbs as well. So I, I think he's got that in him. He definitely, uh, you know, is someone to watch. But uh, despite how many films he's been in, I don't. I think most of them really don't give him enough of an opportunity to to show his skills. Uh, and I think Nocturnal Animals was supposed to be that, and and, and for some people it was. But uh, for me, I think it, it fell a little short. Um. Yeah, he's attached to the Kingsman, the Great Game prequel, which I'm curious about. Uh, very curious about this movie. And uh, that's it as far as Letterboxd is concerned. Uh, but I don't know. I like Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, born Aaron Perry Johnson. Uh. But, I don't know. I don't know. I need more. I need more. I need to see more from him. I need to see him in, an, in a real meaty role, I think. I think that's what I need. So my number three, born in the 1990s, number 552 overall, Aaron Taylor Johnson. We're getting up the top here. We're still outside the top one, 500, though. Uh, finally breaking into that... Um, coveted spot uh, is a French-born English actress who was born, is the oldest person on this list, born April 15th, 1990. She has a, uh, I've seen 21 films that she's in. Uh, she has an average film rating of 60.81, no Oscar nominations, a value of 7, and a score of 62.52 to be ranked 325th, big jump here, 325, which is Miss Emma Watson. Uh, again, the Harry Potter effect, eight Harry Potter movies, really does help uh, on the spreadsheet. But beyond that, she has been in other things, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I thought she was very good in, The Bling Ring, This is the End, where she plays a, a variation of herself, Beauty and the Beast, um... Noah, but she does have some some misses uh, as far as I'm concerned. Regression, The Circle, Colonia. Uh, she did some voice work for The Tale of Despero. 
She was in My Week with Marilyn. And a film I, I underseen, her least popular film on Letterboxd, uh, Ballet Shoes, which I think is okay. Um, it's not great, but it's okay. Uh, as far as that's concerned, you know, she... Um, has, uh, you know, she has two credits on Letterboxd that I haven't seen. One comes out this year, and that is Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which I am absolutely so, so, so excited for. Uh, she plays Meg in Little Women, alongside Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan as Joe, Eliza Scanlon as Beth, and Florence Pugh as Amy, and I could not be more excited for that movie. Uh, the other film of hers that I, I haven't seen is The Red Pill, which is a 2016 documentary where she is a part of it. And um, it's got an okay reviews. It's about when a feminist filmmaker sets out to document the mysterious and polarizing world of the men's rights movement, she begins to question her own beliefs. Curious. Uh, gonna look into that one because it's the only Emma Watson movie I haven't seen. But I think... And, and you know, the Harry Potter effect on my spreadsheet is what it is. But I, I do think that Emma Watson and, and many of the people associated with those movies are quite good. Not just as in general, but in these specific movies. I think she makes a great Hermione uh, and is a very powerful and, and strong female character and, and presence uh, in these movies. And I really enjoy her outside of them. I like her in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I like her in Beauty and the Beast. I like her in The Bling Ring. I think she does a good job there. And I am glad she's continued to find work. I'm glad she's continued to be in movies. I'm excited for Little Women. I think she's going to do a really great job in it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I want more. In fact, I'm interested... If there's more besides Little Women, uh, if I look on IMDb. But the answer is um, a resounding no. <laughs> a resounding no. But I don't know. I, I'm, I really do like Emma Watson, and uh, I think she's got a bright future ahead. She's 28, and... Uh, the world is her oyster she's been in some of the highest grossing movies of all time both Harry Potter and Beauty and the Beast so she can really do whatever she wants number two born in the 1990s and number 325 overall number one oh boy uh, number one is an interesting case uh well, we'll see. You'll see. Uh, born February 17th, 1991 in the UK. She has 11 film credits that I've seen, an average rating of 71.55, no Oscar nominations, and a value of 9.5, uh, leading to a score of 70.04 to be ranked 103rd overall. Huge gap between first and second. And... Uh, she, her name is Bonnie Wright. You may not know who that is. 
But if you've seen any of the Harry Potter movies, again, uh, she is Ginny. Eight of her 11 credits are Harry Potter films. Uh, one of them, one of her credits is um, a Harry Potter documentary. So nine of her 11 movies are related to Harry Potter. The only two that aren't, uh, one of them is actually quite good, uh, which is After the Dark, uh, I think previously titled The Philosophers. I really like this movie. Uh, it doesn't have a great <laughs> score on Rotten Tomatoes, or not Rotten Tomatoes, um, Letterboxd or IMDb for that matter. But I really enjoyed this um, philosophical fantasy. Um, the film uh, follows a class taught by James Darcy, who I'm a fan of, and he basically transports, they basically all get transported into these various scenarios where they have to philosophically determine the right answer to um, a thought thought experiment and it plays out the thought experiment and I think I, I don't know I found that quite enjoyable and fascinating I don't know I mean there are a lot of people that think this is awful and uh, that's Yeah, I don't know. it doesn't end great. It's definitely, it's been a while since I saw it. It's from 2013. But, I don't know, I just, I remember being very charmed by it. Um, most of it, early part of it. It doesn't have the best ending, but I think it, it, the strength of the performances, you know, it's got a pretty strong cast of young people. Sophie Lowe, Riss Wakefield, Katie Finlay, Daryl Sabara, and... Uh, all led by James Darcy, who is very charming and fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm, you know, maybe a little, uh, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of out on a limb here on this film. Besides After the Dark, uh, she's also, the other film of hers I've seen that uh, she's in, isn't Harry Potter, is The Sea from 2013, which I thought was awful. Real bad. Um, yeah, I just it's just not, not good at all. So, all that said, um, Bonnie Wright, other films of hers, Before I Sleep, Agatha Christie, Life in Pictures, My Dad is Scrooge, um, Not not great movies, but I I don't know I liked her as Ginny. Uh, she does not get a ton to do. She is so the character Ginny is far better in the books, uh, but Bonnie Wright does what is needed. Um, but yeah, this is this is the textbook case outside of the James and Oliver Phelps characters of uh, the Harry Potter effect. I don't. I mean, uh, the Harry Potter effect is is a tough, tough thing to judge. You know, it's a huge franchise. A lot of people were part of all eight movies, uh, and uh, I mean, you can't. I can't take that away from them. I do think I need to. 
I, I am in the process of reevaluating uh, the scores I've given some of these movies as well as some of the MCU movies, and uh, I haven't gotten around to that yet. Uh, I think, despite that, Bonnie Wright is way ahead of number two, Born in This Decade, and I think that's not about to change. So, but I, I you know, it's it's definitely something that requires um, more thought. You know, I think watching those movies for the first time as a kid, you know, growing up with them, almost the exact same age as Danny Radcliffe and Bonnie Wright and Emma Watson and and so on, it's tough to disassociate yourself from these movies and, and the experiences you had growing up with them. But, you know, that's 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 what needs to happen. That's what you got to do. And so that, that, that process is, is ongoing. Uh, but I would love to see Bonnie Wright in more movies, and you know, I think I think she's worth worth uh, keeping an eye on. So, uh, just to recap, all these people. Oh boy, I don't remember the order. Let me see. All right. Starting at number 10. I'm working our way back up. Uh, Bill Milner. Kara Hayward. Barry Keegan. Ivana Lynch. Cody Smith-McPhee. Calvin Harrison Jr. Oh, boy. I feel like I got the order wrong. Um... Cody Smith-McPhee, Calvin Harrison Jr., Jennifer Lawrence, um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Emma Watson, and Bonnie Wright. I think that's the top ten. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, I do appreciate it. It means a lot. If you would like to support the show, easiest thing you can do is rate and review on iTunes. Best thing. Uh, if you'd like to find more episodes, you can find those at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes and other places where podcasts can be found. You can find find me, follow me uh, on Twitter at circleoffilm, through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or uh, on Letterboxd as Circle of Film. You can also support the show on Patreon for as little as $0.08 cents an episode or $1 a month uh, and uh, help... I mean, if three episodes a week is not enough, the goal would be seven. <laughs> and uh, there's plans plans for that, if that ever comes to fruition. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It means quite a bit. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.